What's up, everybody? This is the Hodgepodge Nothings Podcast, and I am David Korb. Well, you guys had to known I was going to do a podcast today with everything going on. So, um, But before I get into all that, there's other things I wanted to cover with the podcast today. Um, basically, I still wanted to talk about yesterday's game, or just the series in general between the Pirates and the Giants. Pirates lost yesterday 8-4. Um, you know, I, I, this series was just a microcosm of everything that's been wrong with the Pirates uh, for the last what, since April, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, not playing the three phases of baseball. When I, when I originally started this podcast and I was talking about why they were doing so well, I, I brought up that they were, they were hitting, pitching and playing great defense. And now they're not doing any of it consistently at all at the same time in a game i don't i don't i don't know if i can remember a game where literally both all three of the all three phases of baseball they played well whether it's their hitting and the pitching sucks or the pitching is going well or the hitting sucks or they make key mistakes on the field in critical moments that you just can't make um the airs by uh, Henry Davis in right field. I mean, look, the kid never played right field until now, until they decided to start doing it down uh, in the minors. I mean, you know, so for those that are they get pissed off about it, I, I don't know what you expected. I mean, the, the kid, the kid was not drafted to be a, a right fielder; he was drafted to be a catcher. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't, you know, you're you're gonna have growing pains with Henry Davis in right field. And they roared their ugly head this series. Um, he had at least two errors off the top of my head. Um, and uh, had a couple throws that he should have aired on the caution, uh, side of caution. Been throwing him instead of throwing home. Maybe hit the cutoff guy. Um, there was a lot of that. Helping runners advance from second to third. Or from first to second because of, of big throws that weren't needed. Um, but like I said, this is what you're going to get. Um Again, you have games where the bats are just dead. They, they can't do anything, and we sacrifice great pitching. And then you bring in the bullpen, and they blow it. The, the bullpen's just abysmal. You've only got like one to two guys that you can really depend on, uh, and it's it's bad. It's just bad all around. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like the young kids are doing well hitting. I really do. Um, it's just that you're going to have growing pains with them out there on the field. Nick Gonzalez is a good example, too, besides Henry Davis. He's had some issues as well um, going into the All-Star break into this game. Um, but, yeah, I you know, just it's been it's been rough to watch. Uh, a, a lot of these a lot a lot of these games, it's just been a lack of playing the three phases of baseball and uh, you can't do it. Brian Reynolds said it to uh, DK the other day. Or I'm sorry, yesterday. Uh, when asked about it, you know, and he, he, he simply said, when we pitch, we can't hit, and when we hit, we can't pitch. And he's right. That's exactly right. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, in that, in this last game here, I mean, when the bases were loaded and they had no outs, uh, you know, and, and they were down by a, by one, and, um, Triolo had a graded bat. To, to line out finally to to score Kutch to tie it, and then they did nothing after that, that met my expectation. That's how bad this team has been. 
the fact that you have bases loaded, no outs, and I am literally going to be happy if you just score a damn run. And that's literally all they did. Literally all they did was score one run. Because let me tell you something now. If that was the Dodgers, uh, you know, these top teams out there, right? The Rays. Do you have any idea how many runs that team would probably put up if the bases were loaded with no outs and a critical situation down by one? I can tell you right now it would be a lot more than one run. But the the Pirates have been so bad that I that my expectation was please just tie the damn game. And you know, sure enough, they they, they do it on a on a you know, a nice hit ball to the outfield by Triolo. It's caught, cuts, tag, scores, and they did nothing else. And uh literally that's that's pirate baseball. But uh but yeah. And then, you know, it was it was they go to the tenth inning and um it was just like you knew, right? Like you just knew they had the bases loaded, they got one run, and because of that they're gonna lose. Because that was their chance. They should have taken, you know, the 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 four three lead at least and then get, you know, let Bednarg win the ball game. And um that's not what happened at all. And then they you know, what was really and he was due. You know, De Los Santos comes in and, and he's been doing so well. He really has. And I don't know what happened. He just he they just crushed him. Absolutely crushed him. Uh I, I mean I'm looking at the thing here and I mean it's Michael Conforto doubles, Patrick Bailey doubles, just multiple <laughs> hits. Uh and um just he was due to have a bad game. Every pitcher's gonna have an off game. It just sucked because he was doing so well. Um, but but yeah, they 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 got crushed in the tenth inning. Um, they came up. They did score one run. Uh, Henry Davis um, had a single to score cutch, but they lost eight four. And uh, yeah, and it, it's just it's just been tough to watch. And uh, it, and and I don't you know. But it looks like there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. But all right, moving on. Um, so I wanted to – there's a lot of different things I, I had cooking on the brain here I've been thinking about. And um, one of them I wanted to talk about was, you know, they did draft uh, Paul Skeens from LSU, and I talked about last time, uh, the fact that they had drafted so many pitchers. And – I had said that I didn't understand why they did that. I didn't know if this was a new strategy for the Pirates. And maybe they're just trying to find as many you know diamonds in the rough as they can and signing guys that maybe be under slot or something, you know. But then it hit me. I was sitting there and I was just like, you know what? They drafted 11, like 10 or 11 college pitchers. That is a lot of college pitchers. And I thought to myself, you know what? What if this move by them, what if this strategy, if you will, by them, what if this is an insurance policy in case Skeens, it doesn't work out or he gets hurt? We talk about how you take more of a chance drafting a pitcher over a hitter because pitcher's arm can get hurt easily. 
I mean, we saw Skeens pitching for LSU throwing like 125 pitches. And, you know, you're just like, good Lord, like this guy's elbow is going to be shredded uh, by the time he gets to the Pirates. And, but, you know, then you find out that he was actually a catcher. He wasn't a pitcher originally. So you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. But what if, what if the Pirates, what if the Pirates do think, okay, if we're going to take, a chance on this guy, then then we better we better have some insurance policies. Let's go ahead and go after a ton of college pitchers that maybe in the middle of our window are ready if something happens to Paul Skeens. And and it's it's I don't know I don't want to sound crazy here, but it, but it, it's just something that hit me like oh maybe that's why they did this because everybody was on there going why in the hell are they drafting so many pitchers. And to me, maybe that's why. I mean, look, I could be way off of this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, it's just something that that occurred to me, and uh, and I wanted to put it out there to see what everybody thinks. Um, I, I just, when you're drafting that many college pitchers, that, and you think about it, they should be ready to go. It's twenty twenty three. So, say twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. Some of them. In reality, should be ready to go, maybe. And if, but if something happens to Skeens, then then you have insurance policies. And I think maybe that's what the Pirates were doing. I, look, I could be completely wrong about this. I have no idea, but it's just something to hit me. And I thought I would share it. And you know, when you guys listen to this, you know, hit me up and let me know what you think. Like, because I, 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 to me, I thought it was a very curious draft by Ben Charrington. I really did. Um, some of the arms that he did draft didn't make sense with the high ERAs, like I talked about last time, uh, but they had really good stuff. So I mean, I just I just think maybe this is a part of a strategy for them with taking a pitcher number one overall. I would have to go back. I mean, to whenever the Pirates drafted what Garrett Cole uh, to see if if Neil Huntington did the same thing. I wonder if he went and drafted a ton of college pitchers uh, after Garrett Cole. Um, because try to remember, I think Jameson Italian was drafted out of high school, if I remember correctly, in Texas, I think. So yeah, I would think it'd be Garrett Cole was the last big time pitcher that they they drafted out of college that I would have to look go back and look and see if if that was the strategy. Because maybe that's just a baseball strategy in general that I'm not aware of. That when you take a chance on a college arm with the first pick, you automatically come and, and draft a ton of other pitchers college-wise to be the backup plan. Um, moving on. So, uh, interesting uh, comment by um, Ben Charrington. Uh, he had made the comment that uh, shortstop Mitch Jeb has the tools to play center field. Ben Charrington said on 93.7, the fan. He was a primary shortstop at Michigan State, but said on Friday that he was working with Adam East Eaton, MSU's director of player development in the outfield. So, and this kid took under, a lot under slot, by the way. I think, I, think he, I think he was signed for $2 million, Or, I'm sorry, he signed for like $1 million something dollars, and he, his slot was up to $2 million. So this kid took about half of that, you know, under slot to sign, which is interesting. Um, so I thought that was just weird that, that, that he would bring up that maybe he has the tools to be a center fielder. 
or an outfielder, I'm sorry. Let me make sure I got this right. Yeah, to play center field. And like don't get me wrong, if you're if you play if you're a shortstop or second base, if you play middle infield a lot and you do really well at it, sure. There's a lot of cases where you could possibly be uh an outfielder and should be okay. But I'm just trying to figure out how many times we're going to switch these guys' positions around. I mean, I, I guess it happens a lot in baseball, but at the same time, it's also frustrating because it seems like that's the Pirates do it all the freaking time. Um, and I went back to look just to see if this kid ever, ever played uh, outfield um, in college. And when I looked it up, it was it was no. <laughs> not not one time did he did he play Literally every game he either played shortstop, second base, or third base. That's it. This guy never touched left, right, center field, ever. Ever. Ring a bell? Sounds like uh, sounds like uh, Henry Davis, huh? So I, I just I I don't know. I don't I don't it just to me it's just so weird. You you spend your second round pick on this kid and the first thing coming out of your mouth about him is him playing center field. Like what? So, I, I don't know. I thought it was really strange. Um, but, all right, moving on. Um, yeah, I had on here about talking about how the Pirates were just so fundamentally bad on the field. There were just so many plays. And I talked about this a little bit earlier already um, with uh, the plays that happened against the Giants. Uh, really, really did just... It just showed how bad this team is, and it just they seem so lost on the field too. Like I said, the growing pains with with the uh, with the kids, you're gonna have that. You really are. Um, but I just whenever you see veterans making stupid moves, uh, hedges, delay, uh, making uh, stupid plays, uh, I, I don't know. It's just kind of bothersome to me. Santana even made some ill th- ill timed throws. Uh, over the course of the last couple weeks, that didn't make sense to me either. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just this team ha- has been so frustrating to watch uh, that I they're just so fundamentally bad everywhere. And God, I, I I hope that things start to turn around soon. But I don't think they will because of the fact of more people are getting called up. Which I'll get to that soon. Um, Tamar Johnson was batting. Uh, yesterday in his uh minor league game and he went to swing at a ball and grabbed like his knee area and like everybody about lost their mind yesterday um it turns out that he's gonna be perfectly fine the pirates came out and said that it was just a calf cramp so tamar johnson's not got no serious injuries or anything like that for anybody that does, doesn't know uh, it was just a calf cramp and he even got on instagram or somewhere and said that he's good to go so for any of those that didn't know whether or not he was okay, yeah, he's good to go. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, I saw something with, um, I don't know if Ben Charrington said it about Cruz, but it uh, Jason Mackey reports that um, uh, O'Neill Cruz has not yet hit. He's hitting progression, running progression, filling live at bats, rehab assignment, uh they're not wanting to risk anything, and his recovery timetable is going to be pushed back later than we expected. I'm not shocked. Um, with the Pirates clearly being out of it, uh, I knew they were going to take their time with O'Neill Cruz. There's just no way they're going to risk anything with this guy because they know 
that he is one of the keys to this team uh, turning it around and becoming a contender, uh, especially coming this next season if they want to even contend for a playoff spot at all. They know that they're going to need a healthy O'Neill Cruz. So it makes perfect sense to me that they're going to take their time with him. I know that for the fans that want to watch this kid play with everybody else is getting called up. I, I get it. I really do. But there's just there's just no there's just no way they're gonna chance it. There really isn't. They're not gonna they're not gonna rush this. They're not gonna there's just no need to. And um I've been waiting to hear this and, and finally we get clarification that, that he indeed is gonna they're gonna take their time. Uh speaking of another guy that's injured, um that I can't believe I'm hearing, but whatever is uh, Key Brian Hayes is injured. He's on the I.L. Colin Dunlap on 93.7, the fan, I think it was on the Cook and Pony show. Or not Cook and Pony, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Cook and Joe show. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, said that the uh, Key Brian Hayes is unhappy with the Pirates and would be perfectly fine with them putting him on the trade block and that his dad's unhappy too and doesn't feel like they'll ever, he'll ever win with them. Dude, like, what the hell? Are you serious, like, right now? I got, you're, like, let's be honest here, okay? Brian Hayes is a gold glove third baseman, all right? I'm not going to argue that one bit. The kid's amazing at third base. But his bat stinks. And it hasn't been that great in a long time. Let's be honest. And don't get me wrong, I'm willing, you know, I've talked about this with several people, including Michael McHenry, I am willing to get over the fact the kid don't hit for power. But when you don't even hit for average, that really bothers me. And then Michael McHenry made a great comment when he said he at least at least have a lot of runs batted in. At least score runs. And I was like, wow, okay. I, I, I agree there too. Like that's a great way to look at it. But my man, over the course of how long now, is either always injured or doesn't hit the ball we will never see whatever that was we saw in 2019. We will never see that again. And I'm convinced. Because, and I don't, I don't know why this kid's getting angry. He's the one that can't stay healthy. He's the one that doesn't produce as a third baseman, how a third baseman should produce in 2023. It just it boggles my mind. Uh, Colin Dunlap said that uh, apparently his dad's in his ear. So I, you know, I, I just this shit cracks me up because I'm I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what, dude, they might be able to get a really good return for him because of his glove, and you know, but it's really early. Like I wanted my my, I'm so tempted to say that Triola has looked so good hitting the ball or has done really well since his call up. He's made some. Good plays at third base. Sometimes there's some things he can't do that Kebron Hayes can. I'll say that. Um, but, I mean, man, you know, you got a guy that can't stay healthy, complaining, and, and, and being okay with being on the trade block that you just, you know, ex- signed an extension. I, I just, man, to me, you know, my, my gut instinct is to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Go ahead. Put him on the trade block. See what you can get for him. Somebody makes you an offer that's too good to pass up, buy. Free up that contract and focus on somebody else, whether it be Mitch Keller or one of these uh, O'Neill Cruz or one of these other young guys if you want to try to 
pull off a Braves esque uh, move, if you will. Like I'm, I'm all about it. Like I, I just, when you're not producing like like you need to, and then the, and then you want to be like, you know, I'd be fine with being traded. Wow, dude. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. And and and, and, and this is if it's all true. You know, I don't know. You know, these guys and their sources, I, I don't know. But to me, it's just to to say that. If they're really putting that out there, I, I just, just wow, man, really. But all right, moving on. All right, so a while back, uh, not a while back, I'm sorry, but it was like, it wasn't that long ago, it was last uh, podcast I did, that there was this thing about uh, CBS was promoting that the Guardians are facing the Pirates and it was going to be Logan Allen versus Quinn Priester. And I was like, guys, they don't put this stuff out there this far in advance. There's no way that, that they know already that he's going to that he's gonna get called up. They don't do that. They tell the player first and then they announce and all this other stuff. And I can't believe it, but like, Holy shit, this thing ended up being true. Like but I mean, I don't know if, if it really was photoshopped and they just got lucky or someone from somewhere really did leak it uh to CBS that the plan next and, and and this was like five, six days before it actually got officially put out there. There were rumors that he was getting called up. But I, but there was a, literally CBS had this promotion thing and it now looks like that it was true, and I'm sorry, like I I can't believe that this 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 was put out there that far, but somebody leaked it. Somebody leaked something to CBS, and they ran with it. And now, mind you, uh, Logan Allen's not playing. He's not going to be starting against Priester, and I'll get to that soon. But yeah, Quinn Priester's getting caught up, and I'm I'm so amped about it. Like I, I you know, he is was one of their top pitching prospects in the system uh and he i i called him their prize possession really uh because of, of how how much they were going to be careful with him and as you see it's been a slow burn until now that they actually finally now going to call him up and i'm and i'm and i'm ready man i'm ready to see one of these top pitching prospects play i really am uh no offense to guys like Oswaldo Bito, but they don't they don't they don't have the the they're not looked at as a top prospect pitching wise as guys like Quinn Priest are. They're just not. So it's good to see finally one of these guys is getting called up. But what's even crazier is that all of a sudden the Pirates are like, eh, we're not done. We're going to go ahead and call up Andy Rodriguez as well. And you know what? We're going to call up Liver Pagaro too. And it's just like, holy shit. Like, it just getting absolutely punched in the face with all this this news at once that they're just calling up all the kids now. All these guys are getting caught up now. You've got your top, what, number one drafted prospect of 19, 20, 21. All of them are up now. All of them are here. Uh, and it's just it's just awesome to see. And But here's the thing. You call all these guys up, um, someone's got to go. Um, I think I saw that already uh, Cody Bolton is being sent down for, for Priester to come up. Uh, and then I was I was going to do a thing here where I was going to guess like who's going to get 
set down in order to call these guys up. I honestly, I was gonna guess that it was gonna be uh, Marcano that got sent down for Bergaro, but no, it's Palacios. They're they're sending Palacios down, and for Bergaro to come up. So the only one that, to my knowledge, and it's it's three two fifty p.m. today. To my knowledge, the only one that I don't know of who got sent down yet for Indy is I don't know who got sent down yet. So I, I if I had to guess without and I'm gonna check Twitter while I'm on here just to make sure, but I'm gonna guess delay. I mean, come on. Are they really gonna carry four catchers? I you know, when I had Michael McHenry on on the podcast uh a, a while back, he said he thought they would because why would you move those guys that the pirates are winning? Why would you put rookie catchers back there? And what he said made a lot of sense. But now that they're losing badly, there's no reason to waste your time with with delay. I mean, he's proven he is what he is, right? He's not he's not that great. And and he's really no different from Austin Hedges. I mean, let's be honest here. Um so I mean, if I had to pick someone, I'm just guessing and I'm checking Twitter as we speak to see if there's any updates. Uh but yeah, I just I don't I don't see a reason to keep delay down here. I don't see a reason to keep four catchers. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, I just, if they keep four catchers, that's just so stupid. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I think, I, but I mean, we, this is the same team that's got a catcher in right field, uh, you know, that, that, Never played right field before, so I, I, I'm I'm not surprised if they if they would do some shit like this, but um, but yeah, I'm checking right now. I'm pay, I'm I'm checking Jason Mackey's Twitter because he's he's one of the best sources, has the most sources out there. Uh, and no, there's really nothing yet on who it's gonna be. Yeah, but he already put it out there. He said. For anyone thinking the Pirates are DFAing Austin Hedges to make room for Andrew Rodriguez, no, they're not. He's staying. They love his defense. That said, sounds like it'll be Andy starting, Hedges backing up, and Henry rotating in. And and, and I agree with that. Like that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to want to keep Austin around to mentor these guys, uh, and that makes sense, um, especially since they want these guys to develop more as uh, on the defensive side of catching, pitch framing, calling uh, games. It makes sense, um, but it, it needs to be in a mentor slash coaching, uh, you know, position for him. That's it. That's literally it. He'll catch one out of, out of three games a uh, uh, series, and let Andy catch mostly, and then yeah, fit fit Davis in when they can. I completely agree with that, and that's what you have. I I, I don't see them keeping the layup as well, but I don't know, man. But now this 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 raises a lot of questions. Like so now, who's who's going to get traded, right? Because I I mean, send Austin Hedges packing. Also, like there's that part of me too. Like like there, let him mentor them for a little bit or whatever. But if somebody gives you an offer for them that's an okay offer of prospects or whatever, uh, yes, hit the red button, take it. Um, same thing with Rich Hill, uh, Choi, um, Santana. I, I'd forgotten to bring up Choi, uh, on the last podcast. Um, but yeah, Choi's another one that, that can go really. Um, any of these guys that are not the future, 
Uh, and I and I know I brought McCutcheon. I just I think he he has done good enough. Like I said, I could see someone giving them an offer that Ben Charrington will take. But no, those those guys there, those five there, I could see any of those five: uh, Adam McCutcheon, Hedges, Hill, Choi, and Santana. I could see them going. I really could. Um, and honestly, that's perfectly fine with me, except for McCutcheon. That'd be really hard, depending on the return, because I love Kutch. I hate to see Kutch go, but at the same time, if they're going to get something really good in return to help the window of when this team is going to be good, then you might want to you you might want to take it. But there's the five guys I can see going, um, especially now that they have called up all these guys. I mean, you, the whole crew of guys that we've been talking about being on this team is here. They're all here now, officially, tonight. Um, and and I, I'm so excited about it. Uh, I'll go ahead and do the preview for uh, the Pirate um, Guardians game. Tonight, 7.05, Quinn Priester, like I said, he's been pitching for the Pirates. He's going to take on Xavion Curie, right-handed pitcher for the Guardians. Uh, in 23 games, he's 3-0 with a 3.04 ERA, 47.1 innings pitch, and 32 strikeouts. And a one one six whip. Is this guy like an opener or elite? yeah? It looks like he's going to be an opener for uh, Cleveland. Um, his last three games, he's only pitched one inning, one inning, and two point two innings. Uh, didn't give up any runs though, um, so that's good for him. Um, and his last seven games, his ERA is four eight five. So he must have had a bad game uh, before that. But it's either going to be a bullpen game for Cleveland because they just lost Bieber as well. So uh, Either it's it, it snuck up and bit them and they weren't ready for it and they're going to do a bullpen game or they're literally going to have uh, Xavier Curie be the opener for them and that's how they're going to roll with that here in at PNC Park. Um, there's no stats for Quinn Priester yet in the in the majors, obviously, but um, he was starting to do really good down the minors. Uh, he was struggling early and really like all these guys that are getting called up today started off bad. Quinn Priester, uh Henry Rodriguez, uh Live Air Pigaro, um, I think even like Nick Gonzalez and and uh those guys, they all started off kind of shaky at the beginning. Um and then come roaring uh roaring uh, back middle to now. Uh especially Henry Rodriguez uh lately. I saw I saw somebody put something on um on Twitter, I thought was pretty, pretty cool to see his turnaround. I'm not sure how many games this was, but going into either the month of July, Andy Rodriguez was batting 316. His on-base percentage was 391. His slugging percentage was 441. His weighted runs created plus was 112. His walk rate was 10.9 percent. His strikeout rate was only 16 percent. Had two home runs uh, and 25 RBIs. So I mean, he was. He was doing really well um, going into uh, July. So, and Liber Garo too. Liber Garo, I think, had seven home runs in the month of July right now. Double uh, A into Triple A, I believe. Just absolutely smoking the ball. So, and they just moved him from Double A to Triple A too. That's the other thing. They they put him on the same fast track that they did uh, Henry Davis. It called him up. And he continued to, to rake, just like Henry Davis. And they were like, you know what? It's time. And uh, I'm, you know, and I'm, 
I'm happy for this. I'm glad they're going to have all these kids up now. I mean, you're giving them half of July, all of August, all of September to play together at the major league level um, to get them ready for next year. Um, and I like it. Now, look, just so you guys understand, there's going to be a shit ton of growing pains. You're going to have an extremely young green team now playing together. So don't think these guys are just going to light the world on fire all at the same time. You're going to see a lot of uh, mistakes out there, uh, filling mistakes, uh, hitting mistakes, uh, running mistakes on the base pass. You're going to see some things because it's because these guys are not going to be, you know, they're not seasoned vets out there, not all of them. Uh, a lot of young kids. So don't expect things right off the bat to get crazy. Not everyone's going to be like the Cincinnati Reds where they call up three or four guys and they just absolutely light the whole world on fire. But as predicted, the Reds just got swept the other day and they're starting the, the just like we say, it's not how these kids start. It's how they finish after the league punches back. Well, they then punch their way back and find it and, and continue to be consistently a good baseball player. And that's the thing. That's how when you really know. So don't expect the Pirates, these, these guys going to call it up to light the world on fire. But if they do, it's not going to last forever. They're going to have their struggles. Every single one of them. But look, I'm so excited for this. I'm looking really forward to it. My son's got a baseball game tonight, so I'm probably going to be watching the game on my phone, my headphones in while watching his game. Because there's no way I'm missing this. No way at all. Uh, I'm looking really forward to it tonight. Uh, as far as the lineup goes for tonight, I mean, they're facing an opener, a right-handed opener. So, like, I mean, I would love to see it be Andy Rodriguez behind the plate catching Quinn Priester, right? I imagine either Santana or Troy's at first base with Kutch dh and Second's probably Gonzalez. Uh, and, and Pagaro at short. That'd be really cool. Triola at third. Sawinski center, uh, left field is going to be Brian Rounds, and like I think I don't know if I said it right, Henry Davis is in right field. Does that not sound amazing though? I mean, like when you think about all these guys we've been talking about for years now, and now it's here. It's here. All those names are here. Every single one of them that we've been talking about for what three years now. I mean, I remember conversations with with Gary Morgan and Jim Stan and and uh, Graves and all those guys on Twitter and and and, and that was three years ago, and now it's all here. And there, and, and it, this is going to be such a young team that's going to have low payroll to where, in theory, they'll play the next two and a half months together at the MLB level, and then you can add to this team next year. It's going to be very low payroll. In theory, Ben Charrington, if, you, if they're serious about being a contender for at least a playoff spot, can add to this team. You've got other pitchers that are coming up behind Quinn Priester, like uh, Jared Jones, and hopefully Kyle Nicholas turns it around at AAA. And you got Jared, uh, not Jared Jones, I'm sorry. Then you got um, Salamedo as well coming up behind them. So now we've, and then we've added a ton of pitching in this draft as well. So there's a lot to look forward to here. Uh, the future is bright. I know you see what happens, you see what goes on, and it's really hard to not get down on the team. I get it, but let's not get down on these young guys. Get, there's you got to stay patient because they're going to have their ups and downs. Next year, we'll see if they can stay consistent, and they're actually really good ball players. And I think you're going to be surprised that some of them really are.
But all right, guys, that's all I got. I'm so excited for tonight. I can't wait. Uh, enjoy the night. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the add or follow button. If you do on Spotify, I'd really appreciate it. That helps me out. I'm on the Steelers Sanctuary podcast with Dave Ribeiro from SteelersSanctuary.com. If you're a Steelers fan, you'd like to subscribe to that as well. Appreciate that. We're also on YouTube. Uh, all right, guys, that's all I got. Take care. I'm out.